The title, Wait Upon the Lord. Wait Upon the Lord. Scripture, Isaiah 40. And what does it say? 29th verse, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That's us. Anybody weary? Anybody weak? Thank you. I love confessions. They bless the soul, okay? Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait, those who hope upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Oh, this is so important. Powerful scripture just for us. Now, what do we mean by waiting on the Lord? The problem with a saying like that, it, it becomes a cliche. Oh yeah, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Pastor Amy, what on earth does it mean to wait on the Lord? There are two scriptures in the Old Testament and in the book of Psalms when it talks about the servants of the kings. And it's interesting because it says those that wait on kings never get their eyes off of them. And it says in the queen that sits there next to him, she has her handmaiden that just glues into her, her desires. You see, these people never have to look around to see who will help them. There are always people there, and it's interesting, we can call them men in waiting or ladies in waiting. And what it simply means is they've got one job to do. Key your eye on the queen. Key your eye on the king. Nothing else. Well, can they, can they crochet? Can they go get a Coke if they're tired? Can they take a snooze? No, 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 no. No, no. Wait. Don't miss a blink. You say, well, we, we, we have to do that with God. I mean, how do you wait on the Lord? Do you look at the stars all day? Do you watch the crack or clouds roll by? No. What's needed to wait on the Lord? You say, Sister Amy, I get so tired praying. Would you believe it? I do too. Would you believe it? I separate an hour for prayer sometimes. My first 10 minutes are fervent and powerful. I remember half the world. But as I go into my 20 or 25 minutes, my voice gets softer. It doesn't bother me because I think I'm more spiritual. And then it not only gets softer, but I think I'm just saying it in my head. I'm just praying mentally. And it's not until I choke on a snore that I realized I passed the point of no return. You know, very spiritual. <laughs> but I've got a secret to tell you. How did you start? You started waiting on the Lord. What were you doing? You were talking to God. So, you had a moment 
where you slipped away. But even when you wake up, that's where you were, and that's where you continue. Oh, folks, what I want to tell you is that God will take from us any form, any style, any type of worship. The only thing that's got to be right is the heart. That's got to be right. That's got to be right. Once the heart is right, listen, you can wait on him in a busy train. You can wait on him in your boss's office. You can wait on him closed in the shutters of a business bathroom. You can make your own bathroom, a cathedral, and wait upon the Lord. But it's important that we wait upon the Lord. Sister Amy, what do you need to wait on the Lord? Number one, you need faith. You've got to believe that he is. You just got to believe that he is. And it's so beautiful. It's not a perfect faith. Are you hearing me? No. But it's a faith that's reaching. It's a faith that's investigating. It's a faith that's longing. And it's a faith that every now and then collapses. Anybody's faith collapse? Let me see your hands. Where all of a sudden you realize, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> Nothing's happening. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And maybe in the cry, where you want so much to happen, and you don't feel it happening, maybe in that moment of cry, you've got more faith than you could have ever dreamed of. Because faith is just knowing that what you're doing is not in vain. You feel it is because it's not happening for you at the moment. But guess what? It will happen. And not the way you want it, the way he would have it happen to you. Now let me share something with you. You say, Sister Amy, I'm not, I don't agree too much on, on that point. Well, start agreeing. Start agreeing. Because our problem is we want to be so perfect in our faith. We want to be so perfect in our prayer life. We want to be so perfect in our dedication that we literally cancel ourselves out. I think the beautiful case in the Bible is, is, is Jesus speaking to a, a daddy who's got a little boy that's been groveling in the ground and he's been foaming at the mouth. And Jesus says, what's the matter with the boy? You would know that Jesus would know what was the matter with him. He didn't have to ask a question, but Jesus will always ask. Even when you're crying out to him, he'll ask you, why are you crying? Why? Because in order to touch God, God must hear our voice. He must understand. He understands, but we don't always understand. So we shout out. We talk to the Lord. We cry unto the Lord. This father looks up and says, your disciples have been wrestling with my son. And I imagine how much they must have wrestled. I think two or three of them laid hands on the boy and nothing happened. I think two or three others of them shook him and nothing happened. I think some of them must have said, wait a minute, we got to do something else. Let's see what we do. Because, you know, we of the Christian faith, we have so many things that we do. 
We lift them up, we put them down, we roll them over, we give them back rubs, uh, you know, we, we anoint them with oil. I mean, we, there isn't anything we don't do. We hold their hands up and say, now say it, say it. And you say, 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 say what, what, what? No, no, no. This little father looks up to Jesus and he says, they haven't been able to do a thing. And then Jesus says, well, do you believe? That father's answer is the most beautiful answer in the Bible. He says, I believe, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe. Help my unbelief. You say, well, ¿en qué quedamos? Does he believe or doesn't he believe? How does that go? How does that function? Let me tell you something. Faith is not a straight line. It's not. Faith is like the machine, the EKGs. It's up and down and up and down. If it does get straight, forget it. They're burying you. It's not straight. It's up and down. Our faith is the same way. You say, Sister Amy, the Apostle James says we cannot have a wavering faith. And somebody else says we can't have this kind of faith. And somebody else says we can't have this kind of faith. Can I tell you something? Faith has a whole lifetime to work its way through our existence. We grow in faith. We move in faith. We talk in faith. It may not be a fullness of faith, but you know all you need is a seed. That's all you need. That's all you need, just a seed, and it'll work. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Why? Every minute that I think it's about to happen, it doesn't. So I kind of come crashing down. And, and, then, and then, Lord, I start all over again. And then I come crashing down. Then I begin again. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Let me share this with you. Faith is to believe that he is, that he exists. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. And I love the way this very same chapter talks about that beginning. It says, to whom will you compare me? Or who's my equal, says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look to heaven. Hallelujah. You know something? While you're looking down, you're not going to see a thing. And whatever you see, you've seen it before. God moves us into a place where we have to look up. He said to Abraham, out of your tent, come on out. And when he stepped out into a starry night, he says, now look, that's the way your seed will be. And like the sands of the sea. This is God speaking. Lift your eyes and look to heaven. Who created all of these? Who brings the starry host one by one and calls them each by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Oh, why do you say, O oh, Jacob, and complain, O oh, Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not? How many times have you said that? God, you forgot me. God, you forgot me. 
No, he doesn't. Listen to this. Do you know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He, he will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. I share with you exactly what God shared with Isaiah at that moment. Faith, first of all, you got to believe that he is. Faith is in a person. This is where religions fear, fail so badly. And even the Protestant religions. So don't think we're just talking about Catholics or Buddhists or whatever. No, all of them. We fail miserably because we insist on objects. We insist on objects. God knew that that was the insistence of man and that's why God says, you shall bow down. You shall not bow down rather to any image. I don't care of what, of what you think is in heaven or what you think is in, on earth, of the animals, of the birds of the, uh, that fly by. No, 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 you don't, you can't. Don't do that. We have to have faith in a person, not objects. And no spirits. You say, ah, oh, your theology's wrong. God is spirit. Yeah, God is spirit. But when you get down to pray, believe it or not, you're not praying to a spirit. You're praying to God. He is a person. He just said so. Creator of heaven and earth. You say, Sister Amy, but isn't that, isn't that kind of, no, no, no. It's important because there are people out there telling you to get in contact with the spirits that have gone. There are people telling you that in this spirit walk, you can get so much. Remember this as long as you live, the spirits are subject to God. There is not one spirit roaming around saying, hey, hey, I'm coming to see you tonight. And if anything does roam around and talk like that to you, it's a demon. It's not of the Spirit of God. So keep that, keep that in mind. Faith, you must believe that he is. And our faith has to just know that there is a God. Number two, faith is a person, not an object, not a spirit, not rituals. Not rituals. I often speak to people that say, but I go three times a week to church. Thank you. I'm the pastor of this church and I'd love to see you here three times a week. I really would. But you see, it's not the ritual of going to church that either saves you or gives you a greater faith. No, churches are packed full and they have nothing. People are empty. People come out of church and commit suicide. People come out of church and walk into adulterous relationships. People come out of church and beat their children until they become abusers. So it's not church. It's not church. It's not rituals. And it certainly isn't fanaticism. And that's probably the worst one that hits us in the face. I remember as an 11-year-old, as a 12-year-old, my mother used to tell me everything I couldn't do. Do you realize that on my mother's list there was nothing I could do except breathe and eat? And it has affected me in life. 
As a Pentecostal for 48 years, all I could do was eat. Look at me. What a glorious product of my uh, faith. Yes, laugh it off. I don't mind. But it's the truth. It's the truth. There was nothing we could do. Nothing. The only thing we could do was socialize and eat. Other than that, everything was crossed off the board. Let me tell you something. Faith isn't fanaticism. Faith is a person, the person of God, who revealed himself in the person of his son. You know why God came? So we didn't have to think of the man upstairs. So we didn't have to think of the great wondrous spirit. He came, he sent his son. So in the person of his son, we could see him. You want to know what God is like? Read about Jesus. You want to know how God feels? Read the Gospels. You want to know how God talks and walks and what is his attitude about earth and life and people? Read the Gospels. You'll see it there. You'll see it there magnificently. You'll see it there gloriously. It's so important. Now, faith is to know that he exists. Faith is a person. And faith is a revelation. Faith cometh not because mom and pop pushed it in. No. Not because somebody brainwashed you. No. Faith cometh through the hearing of the word. Faith cometh through the truth of God's word. That's why we tell you, read your Bible. Sister, I don't understand it. Well, the scriptures doesn't say you have to understand it. What it says is you have to read it. You say, well, what's the use of reading something you don't understand? Well, pack it away because it's the only book that has resurrection power. When you need it, it'll rise up. Did you put it in? Well, nothing's going to come up. You've got to get into the word of God. You've got to read it and know it's God's word. Lady, you're on that again. I'll always be on that. 66 books, 40 authors, and many of them other than the, the disciples never met each other. They never compared manuscripts. They never put them through uh, a special schools of literature to be corrected. 250,000 or more prophecies that have been fulfilled to the T. The statue of Daniel is still being enforced. And we're living in the days of the chose, which means God, Jesus, is coming back so soon. Yes, folks. Yes, he is. And we will live to love him. Let me tell you, we must trust him. I put here in parenthesis, when it comes to trusting God, one thing. We are our worst enemy. We do ourselves more harm than anybody could ever do us. We do ourselves in. We are our worst enemies. Now why? Because we refuse to trust him. Pastor Amy, why is it so hard to trust? I'll tell you why. First of all, because of your agenda. Oh, sister, I don't have an agenda. My boss has one, but I don't have one. Yes, you do. You have an agenda. You have an agenda. In other words, you have your own agenda. 
You know what you want to do. You know when you want to do it. You know how you want to do it. And whether conscious or unconsciously, you pursue your agenda. Well, aren't we supposed to be organized? Aren't we supposed to have an agenda? Yeah. But it should be by the guidance of God, where you're not pushing yourself, your family, your relationships, and trying to push God. You can't push him. He can't be shoved. He's there to love. He's there to embrace. He's even there to kiss you. But you can't push him. And that's why I love him so much. Let me tell you what other problems we have in trusting him. We've got a few of them. And another great problem we have is, we have, is our own hyperness. Anybody here hyper? Nobody here? Just Joe? You're the only hyper one, honey? No? Anybody here hyper? You say, I'm not hyper. Hyper are those nervous people that go around. Jur, 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 jur. No, 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 no. Let me tell you what hyper is. Hyper are those people that want to get something done with such anxiety that they wanted to have it done yesterday. Yeah, that's hyperness. I'm, I'm going to get it done. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it done. And you look at them and you get frightened. Hyper people scare me to death. You know why? Because they push. But they don't only push themselves, they push everybody around them. And when they get disappointed because they're not getting what they want, they push you in the pot and make you feel the same way. When it's all over, you say, hey, what am I so nervous about? I didn't even want that. Oh, but it's so nice to be in good company, right? You go wherever they go. And here's the one that's important, and I want you to keep this in your heart and your mind. Once you know him, watch out for your vision of success. You know the old songs, I did it my way. I can't sing like Sinatra, I wish I could. I want it my way. That, that, that's it. Your visions of success. You say, well, what's wrong with that? You know, lady, you're bothering me this morning. Because all the lessons that I've been to and all the seminars I take that tell me how to be my own person, tell me how to develop my personality, Tell me how to move on in this world. You're knocking it down. No, I'm not knocking it down. I'm just trying to place it in its proper place. Do you have a vision of success? Submit it to God. I spoke to a gentleman last week who is waiting upon an inheritance. And it's not coming fast enough. And he was telling me his problems. And he says, you know, that's rightfully mine. And he went, mine. By the time he said mine the third time, I had a pain going up my heart. Really. I felt the whole world crushing in on me. And I looked at him. I was getting sick. He told the story so many times he was, he was well. And I looked at him and I said, you know, young man, halt right there. I've got to tell you something. You're telling me to wait on God. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. 
Listen to me and don't forget. I said, what? He said, God's too slow. You know where he's going to end up, don't you? And I'm going to be there. Yeah. Because I want to help him. Because I want to give him my hand. But until he falls, he won't even know what hit him. God isn't slow. Only in one thing, slow to anger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I were God, people would be getting slapped every day. If I were God, I'd be rolling them over. If I were God, I'd have a box. Put them in for a couple hours. Yeah. You know, the old way. He's merciful, slow to anger, and he waits upon us. Hey folks, listen to me, and listen to me carefully. The scripture says to us, he sees your fall, but if you come to him, he'll hold you. He'll hold you. The most important thing in life, folks, is that you understand that your source of strength, your source of power must come from the Lord. That's why I'd like to teach you, if I could, to wait upon the Lord and tell him what's on your heart. You think he's slow like this fellow says? Well, tell him. He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind. You see, when somebody says to God, you're slow, the echo that comes back, they never hear it. And what have you done with all your speedy? You know, they're still in the same hole and deeper than ever. But God is merciful and he is just. You know what the scripture says? But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Because strength depletes. You have a problem long enough, it seems to suck you in. It pulls you down. It empties you out. Have you had a horrendous disappointment? Have you loved someone that doesn't love you? Have you cared for someone that never turned around to say thank you? Sure you have. Those are the lessons of life. Did you give someone everything you had? And right now they don't even know you exist. Oh, folks, listen to me. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar with wings of eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Because we soar in his name. Because we run at his pace. And because we walk by his side, we will not faint. Trust him. Wait upon the Lord. He's waiting for you to trust him. He's waiting for you to understand that he cares. He's waiting for you to know that he's never late. Never late. His hand does never, it never fails. We fail. 
Because like I said, we want everything yesterday. We've made our plans. And even if it means total failure at the end, we couldn't care because we can't see it. Right now we want the go, 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 go. And God says, wait upon me. Wait upon the Lord. Those that do wait will be renewed. Those that do wait will have rivers of water, living water, flowing in their bodies. Those that do wait will never, ever be alone. Would you trust him? 